right, welcome once again to the Rare Perspectives podcast. Uh, we are excited to uh, bring back to the podcast, uh, now videocast as well, um, our longtime friend, advocate, rare disease patient, Amy Ireland. Amy, how are you? I'm doing great, Gunnar, how are you? Doing really, really well. It's good to see you again. Thanks for uh, being available to join us here via Zoom. Everybody's doing Zoom these days. You've been doing a lot of Zoom meetings? I have been, and for work too. Um, it's been pretty much all virtual, a lot less travel for me. So I get to stay home and do fun things like I'm doing right now, getting in my kitchen. Yeah, what's going on right now? We got you a little, it's like a cooking show all of a sudden. What do we got going on, Amy? What are you right, right. What are you up to? So Amy? I have a huge garden. I have like um, a 50 by 50 garden, and I have like 49 tomato plants that live, and peppers, and onions, and garlic, and cucumbers, and pretty much everything in my garden and I love it. Right. And so yesterday evening when it cooled down, cause it was 106 here yesterday, uh, when it cooled down, we went outside and picked some tomatoes and peppers and all kinds of stuff. And so today I've been in the kitchen canning in between working and I so far have 20 something jars of stewed tomatoes and wow. more in the canner. And I'm making yellow pear salsa right now, which if you've never had yellow pear salsa, Gunnar, I need you to send me your address and I'll send you some because it is it. the bomb. I love it. I need it. <laughs> yeah. The yellow pear tomatoes, they actually absorb the capsaicin much better than the red tomatoes. So it gets hot. I love we it. We like that. Yeah. It's so... Great. This is so much better. It's, this is like literally, it's like, you know, call Food Network. I mean, this is. This is no, please don't. <laughs> I, I, I promise you. I won't. How hot is it? You're in Texas now, right? I'm in Texas. Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's about 104 right now. So um, not time for me to be outside riding my horses or anything like that. That's been, um, I got to run at the historic Will, Rod Will Rogers Coliseum last month um that's like every rodeo barrel racer kind of person's dream is to get wow. to go to this coliseum yeah. and i got to go and i pulled a check on my little horse so i was super excited yeah. about that that's awesome and that's like that's like what you do right that's like one of your big your hobbies and things that you just do for that you absolutely love how long have you been uh, doing that riding horses? i started riding horses when i was just a little itty bitty i mean I, there's pictures of me when i wasn't even a year old on a horse so then I kind of took a little hiatus in life um, after I had kids, yeah. the older, I have a 19, almost 20, mm -hmm. just turned 17 and a 10 year old. And um, when the older two were born, I pretty much stopped writing and just stopped, um, stopped doing anything for myself, just was raising kids basically yeah. and working. And That's so um, now that the youngest is 10 and I took my life back into control and I needed to do something for me. And so I started back to CrossFit yeah. and I started riding horses again and my life has completely 180 and I'm a much happier person now. I love it. So it's fun. Yeah. That's but my awesome. whole family rodeos and all that kind of stuff. So, um, it's been good for me to get back and do that. And you know, the real blessing in disguise is yeah. that I'm over 40 now. And so I can run in the old timers association, oh. which is fantastic. <laughs> all right. And, and here I am, I'm getting like, a, you know, uh, getting those letters in the mail now, getting me, you know, those, uh, yeah. The AARP things? Yeah, oh, I've gotten those too. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. So you're doing that and the CrossFit. Now that CrossFit, that's intense. I mean, what is that like? How often are you doing that? How long is it? What's going I on? I go three or four days a week. And um, the, the CrossFit box that I joined is 
Um, they also used the level method, which is um, pretty interesting because it wasn't that way before when I was doing CrossFit. Yeah. Um, but they basically measure where you're at in, in your current fitness. And then you do your workout of the day, or we call them the wad. Yeah. Um, you do that according to what level you're on. So um, the goal is to get your whole body at the same level. So my upper body is terribly weak compared to my lower body and my endurance. Okay. And so I'm starting at a lower level, but that's fine because it'll give the rest of my body to, a chance to catch up and then I'll go forward from there. And so I go three or four days a week and it's really cool because they limit it to 12 people. Mm -hmm. Um, one, because of the size of the building and two, because of this COVID ridiculousness. Yes, yes. And um, so we have to sign up for classes and things like that. That's all new from before for me, but it, it's working out great. And I basically have a personal trainer at three or four days a week whenever I go in. So I love it. it's great. Yeah. Love I'm it. super excited. It's fun helps to do that. Toss around those. What's what that? that? What did you say there? It, it helps me toss around those 50 pound bags of feed every day. Oh and yeah. The hay bales and all that stuff out in That's the barn. That's, that's CrossFit in itself, right, right there. It, we call it Cowboy CrossFit at my house. Cowboy, cowboy CrossFit. Big and fence posts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we call it Cowboy CrossFit. It's I a lot of I love it. This and salsa. I mean, this is awesome. I, I love it. Well, well, Amy, again, you know, um, love catching up with you. Um, just so enjoyed our conversation when we had you first on uh, Rare Perspectives. But want to catch up if, if you're in the audience now and you're listening or watching uh, Rare Perspectives, maybe even for the first time and just meeting Amy. Uh, Amy's been just a dear friend of PSI and advocate for, for quite, a, quite a while now. Um, Amy, why don't we just maybe take us back to and just kind of bring our audience up to speed that may have not met you yet and tell us a little bit about your diagnosis and how did you find out about it? Sure. So I am one of the um, blessed people to have hereditary angioedema. Mm -hmm. And um, I was actually misdiagnosed for 34 years wow. as being an asthmatic. And I do have asthma. Don't get me wrong there. I do have severe asthma, but it's a totally different dragon, if you will. Yeah. But um, my HAE kept rearing its ugly head. And that's part of the reason that I wasn't able to do a lot of the things that I'm doing is because I, anytime I would do something, I would have this massive attack and they would tell me that I have asthma and I can't do anything and this, that, and the other, cause I couldn't breathe. Yeah. Well, so fast forward, had all the kids, did all that, um, was working in the emergency room. Um, I'm a physician by training. I am not in clinical practice anymore, but that's a uh, personal preference. Yeah. And, um, so I was working in the emergency room and then I started working in an allergy clinic as a manager. And, um, one of the nurses that was there, her name is Pauline. And I, you know, I just didn't feel good and nothing was, nothing was changing. I was on the highest dose of asthma medications. I was on biologic medications for asthma, which I still am, but nothing was changing and my health just kept deteriorating. And so finally there was one day that my belly just swelled. Wow. Just, it looked like I was 10 months pregnant in a matter of a couple of hours. And wow. I was miserable. I was 34. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, my, my, um, the doctor that was, is the owner of the practice, um, went ahead and signed off on some labs and Pauline drew some labs for me. And sure enough, she's the one who diagnosed me. They came back positive for AJE, um, which I am a type one hereditary angioedema, which means that my liver doesn't make enough 
of the C1-esterase inhibitor protein. So I know that's just a whole lot of medical jargon, but basically it's a protein deficiency that allows the capillaries and the vessels in my body to leak fluid out and then it just makes me swell. Yeah. So all those issues that and incidences that I'd had in the past wasn't really asthma. It was really my throat swelling shut. Wow. So, um, yeah, that would explain why it would like ebb and flow and ebb and flow and some days would be better and other days would really be terrible. And, and it just was, um, you know, I got to the point where I was finally correctly diagnosed. And when my finger turned purple, I wouldn't sit there and wonder, you know, Oh, what did I smash it on? Wait, I didn't smash right. it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just the fact that that was where I was having a swell at that moment. Um, Lots of belly swells, lots of throat swells. I've actually almost as asphyxiated six different times as an adult um, wow. where, you know, people have found me where my O2 stats are in the 60% and I'm not coherent and things like that. So, um, but thankfully I am so blessed because Pauline and the physician, they um, made everything happen. I got put on prophylactic therapy and I have not had a single episode since I've been on prophylactic therapy. And that's where PSI comes in because PSI I learned of actually through a patient at the clinic that I worked at and um, PSI has helped to cover my expenses um, as far as insurance premiums and as far as copay assistance and that kind of stuff, because these medications are, you know, 40 to $70,000 a month. And, uh, you know, it's pocket change for, for all of us. Right. So, um, PSI has been very, very, very helpful in that. And, um, you know, I, I know that there's multiple disease states that PSI supports. Um, hereditary angioedema is just one of uh, how many are there going to like 20 something now? Well, let's tell you, it's growing. It's growing. I know we're working on new programs as we speak right now. And so, uh, just playing, you know, catching up with Mandy and the team there is they're just adding more and uh, proposing to do more. So. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's incredible. It's, yeah. it's awesome. And, you know, the, the thing is that, you know, because I'm correctly diagnosed and I am on the correct medications and things like that, my family doesn't worry about me anymore. They have no issue letting me take off and go to a barrel race or go hang out with my friends. My best friend and I like to go spend a weekend in Nashville every year for our birthday celebrations. And so, you know, before it was like, I don't really want you out of my sight because you're going to die. Yeah. And um, anyway, I, yeah. we don't have those worries anymore. That's incredible, incredible. And and you know, when I was I was when I was asking you about you know how old you were at that time, I, I recall and I believe in our in our previous conversation, you were talking about these swells that you would get and and how it impacted you when you were younger, and especially yeah. if you were doing rodeo, right? There was a couple stories there where, you know, people thought you know they had they thought that maybe you were pregnant. Right. Yep. Is that, what yep. was that? You told that story in the last one. And what was that? Yeah. So, um, I was a rodeo queen years and years and years ago, uh, for the professional rodeo association. And, um, you know, one of the things about being a queen is you have to be like a very upstanding citizen and you have to do interviews and you have to do all of these political things. Um, you know, interviews on camera and this and the other thing. Well, I would have my quote unquote fat pants because, um, I would vary in size from a size eight to a size 16 in nothing flat. And what would happen is it would be my belly would swell. What always happened to be in now around the time that there was a lot of chaos and stress and whatever, which is a trigger for HAE by the way. Um, and so my advisors, because there was an advisory panel, they would make me take a pregnancy test because they didn't believe me that I wasn't pregnant. Uh So, 
um, anyway, it just, it just goes back, you know, when you're 16 years old and everybody thinks you're pregnant and then all of a sudden, Oh, your belly's back to normal. What's going yeah. on? You, you know what I mean? There's just a lot of assumptions and things that happen. Um, and now they've come back to me and apologize because now that, you know, I, I'm not quiet about having HAE. Yeah. I think that, um, that more people need to know because we need to diagnose more people correctly. Yeah. And, um, I'm not shy. I'm not shy at all. So, you know, you can see in my chest, I've got this little scar right here. That's where my port is. You can see this line right here. That's the port line that runs up into my, uh, up into my neck and down into my heart. Yeah. So that's where my medicines go. So I don't have to have scarred up arms or anything like that from yeah. um, having to do the IV treatments all the time. I just do it in my chest and nobody thinks anything of it. You know, they all just think that I have something weird. So yeah. let them. How did you persevere all those years, you know, getting diagnosed, you know, at the age you were and just having to endure that people, you know, just, you know, not believing or just assuming and all of that. How did you persevere through all of that? You know, there's a reason that a lot of HAE patients have been incorrectly diagnosed with psychiatric disorders wow. um, because we really do get treated like we're crazy. Um, you know, my throat was swelling and people just kept saying, well, I can't see it. You, you can't be. And you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with you. It's all in your head. And then they diagnose you with things like, um, depression and anxiety and globus pallidus, which is, you know, it's just nonsense. Yeah. Um, but you know, over time you kind of start thinking, well, am I crazy? No, I'm not crazy. This is just, I need to get to the right person to diagnose diagnose me. So, um, I just believe that the Lord had his hand in everything. And that when the time was right, I met the right doctor and the right nurse and everything just happened the way that it should have. And I'm really, 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 really fortunate because, um, I am the first in my family to be diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom went through a battle with pancreatic cancer. She passed away two days before Christmas this past year from her 13 months from diagnosis. So we don't know exactly how long she had it, but it was 13 months from actually not diagnosis, 13 months from symptoms starting. Um, and then, um, I, I did ask for the labs to be drawn when she was going through this cause she had a lot of belly pain and stuff like that. Um, which ultimately we were able to determine that it did come from my mom because her labs were also positive. Mm. And then, um, more importantly, at this point, our youngest boy, who is 10, who just got home, um, he had a couple of days where he just wasn't feeling real good, said his throat was sore, and, you know, he was at school, and it was kind of flu season and whatever, so I didn't really think too much of it. Um, and then he came home from school one day, and he took a nap. He didn't take naps since he was, like, eight months old. And so when he woke up and thank God he woke up, he came out and he was drooling and he said, my throat, my throat. And I opened his mouth and he had less than the size of a straw wow. to breathe through his throat had swelled completely shut. And so my husband and I just kind of looked at each other and I was literally driving over a hundred miles an hour to the hospital because we were going to have to drink him. Yeah. Um, he was going to have to have an airway put in because his throat was swelled shut. And so we got to the emergency room. I had taken with me because our allergist had allowed that to happen. And, um, I got there. I had called ahead. I talked to the charge nurse. I said, kids coming in with laryngeal edema. I'll explain more when I get there. I need to focus on driving. Yeah. Wow. And so, um, wow. we got there and the doctor and the PA and the charge nurse met us. 
we went into the trauma bay because I had told them, you know, being a physician, I, I talked their level and I said, you need a trait kit. We need to be in the trauma bay, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they were like, oh, let's give him epi. No, this isn't an allergic reaction. You guys are not understanding. So here's what you need to draw. So I gave them the lab orders. Wow. And then the, the PA was in the room and she said, okay, what's next? And I said, turn your head. And I gave him the medicine. Wow. And so, I mean, we saved his life. And it, it's only because I have a very clear understanding of what our disease process is yeah. and how to fix it. And Thankfully, we were in a very small town. We live in a very small town. And, and they said, okay, well, you're taking the lead because I don't know anything about it. Wow. So within 20 minutes, he was able to breathe normally again. And the risk of him being um, asphyxiating was markedly decreased. And so I was able to, you know, basically save my kid's life just wow. because of knowing what I know and having what I have. And so I'm much, much, much happier that it happened to me. Yeah. And then, you know, we were downstream, we were able to figure out what happened to him because he does have some allergies. He's anaphylactic to pineapple and just a couple weird little things, but he hadn't been exposed to anything. And then it was this, oh, duh, mom, three days, I'm not feeling good. And so three to four days is typically the prodromal period where you kind of just don't feel good. And then wham, here's your swell. And that's really what happened with him. So um, fortunately, you know, I was able to in-service the entire staff in the emergency room that night. <laughs> it was great. And um, I offered to in-service all of their shifts. And um, so I did go back and do a little bit of, a little bit of in-service, not a huge in-service, but enough for the department lead to then be able to go on and, you know, say, hey, if this family comes in, they're, they're legit, just let them do what they need to do. Um, so that's been good. And uh, we're not too sure if both of our older kids have HAE or not. Um, our middle boy, um, he has appeared as though he does with a, a face swell. Um, like one side of his face just swelled up real bad one day um, and resolved pretty quickly. And then our daughter has had a lot of belly issues that I think are probably related, but nothing really um, apparent since I've had the diagnosis. So we haven't tested them yet, but eventually we will. But, um, you know, should they have something happen, we know how to treat it. And my doctor, um, he's our whole family allergist and he's on board and he said, Amy, just treat it, just treat it and we'll deal with it later. And I said, okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. And how's your son doing now? He's fantastic. Everybody's good. Um, you know, he, he, um, in the emergency room, he got real teary eyed because, you know, he, he knew he's seen me go through it yeah. and he said, mommy, I almost died. Mm -hmm. You did. You did, but we saved your life. Mm, wow. Yeah, have, have your eight-year-old tell you, I almost died. It's yeah. great. Yeah, bless your heart. Yeah, wow. wow. that, that was a tough one. Yeah, and I can imagine still is tough to think about. And, and um, just imagine just how that's impacted your, your relationship with each other, right? And, and just in sharing yeah. that, I mean, uh, how, how did he, I mean, how did he, and how did he persevere through all that? I mean, how did he handle that? I mean, that, I just can't even imagine. It was kind of a fleeting thought, you know, it, it was like, oh, well, I've seen mom go through this and she just gets some medicine and then she's fine. So he, he knew none the wiser, you know, I've never been hospitalized for my HAE um, as an adult. Um, as a kid, I was hospitalized for asthma, but it wasn't really asthma looking back. But, um, you know, I, I have been to the emergency room a couple of times and um, not, uh, not ended up being hospitalized because my sats would come up with oxygen and stuff like that. But 
Mm. Um, you know, I've had at this point, 19 surgeries and, um, you know, most of them were exploratory because nobody knew what was wrong with me. Um, but now we know, so I don't worry too much about it. Now it's like I treat myself and do what I need to do. And if that doesn't work, well then I'll go and and get some help. But for now, I pretty much know what goes on with HAE, you know, for every aspect with my body. And now that I, you know, know, all the signs and symptoms and everything I'll just treat uh, and I'll treat my kids if that happens. So now were you able to uh, connect with others that had the same diagnosis once you were diagnosed and you know, how did that impact you? I did. Yeah. I've connected with um, a group and there's a Facebook group and, and you know, I wouldn't say that we're real close knit because quite honestly, I'm super busy and I don't do a whole lot with um, some of the organizations and things like that. Um, I was very, very blessed to be able to come to the event that PSI had in Washington, D.C. That was so much fun. Um, so, so much so, Gunnar, do you remember my mom and I doing CPR on the, the rooftop? Yes, I remember. Um, yeah, wow. yeah, I was in a suit, and it was really hot, and I did not want to be doing that. But um, we did. And um, then, you know, we just carried on with the event. It was fantastic. So um, if I had my choice of, um, organizations that I, you know, I will always say yes to you. It will always be PSI. Mm. Um, you know, if there's other things that are going on, yeah, okay. If I have time, that's great. But I will clear my calendar if PSI needs something because they, this organization, I firmly stand behind and I believe in everything that they are doing for patients and just our community, the rare diseases, you know, all of them that they support. I just feel like, you know, not everybody does that. And my time is pretty valuable. And, you know, there's, there's not just anybody that I'm going to give my time to. So when you text me and you're like, Hey, will you? And I'm like, you bet. So I will clear my calendar. You know that anytime, well, anywhere. Well, thank you. And it's always great to have a dose of Amy uh, in, in, in anyone's life. You're such a bright light and, um, and such a just positive. And what, what's, what's, what is it about you? I know you like to talk about this. What is it about you that just, just, that just, that just keeps you strong and just positive and just continues to just keep going? What is it about you? You know, I just really believe that the Lord has, has me in his hands. Um, there's a lot of crap that comes down the pike. There's a lot of stuff you know, personal work, all that kind of stuff. And I just, I'm able to set it aside because I don't want to be that person and I don't want to be a negative person. And if I'm being a negative person, I need to be called on it because that's not what I want. Um, I want to share the light and that is, that's my job. You know, I'm not somebody who is going to quote scripture to you a million times over. Um, you know, I'll, I'll post things, but you know, I will be more than happy to walk somebody to the Lord and let them take off on that path if that's what they choose. And if it's not, that's their choice too. But, um, you know, I just really, I believe that you need to be happy from the inside out. And that starts with your faith. And regardless of what denomination you are or are not, you know, um, I just feel like you have to be happy with yourself before you can project being happy to other people. And, you know, we all know that there are people that, that are really good at, um, you know, putting on a brave face or whatever. What you see is what you get with me. If I'm in a mood, you're going to know I'm in a mood. If I'm in a good mood, you're going to know I'm in a good mood. And, you know, today, for example, you know, I'm sitting in, in canning and doing the things that I want to be doing because it's what I want to do and I enjoy it so I can be happy about it. Is it a lot of work? Yeah, it is. I canned over 400 pounds of tomatoes. 
from my garden that we grew. Yeah. And, you know, just, just, there's no point in being a miserable cow as my daughter says. Yeah. <laughs> so. Kids, right? They just, they, they, she's dead, right? I actually have a shirt that says, or I have a, sh I used to have a shirt. I shrunk out of that shirt. So now I have a cup that says, not today, heifer, with yeah. a very smiling cow on it. It's ah, great. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I just, it's just so awesome every time we get to spend time chatting and, and catching up and you just, it's such a, such a bright light and a um, couple more questions and just thank you again <laughs> for, for uh, providing a little bit of window of your time today and, um, and letting us uh, catch up with you. Um, how has, you know, with just everything that's gone on these last few months with uh, you know, COVID and, uh, you know, and quarantine and all that, has that impacted anything as far as like any treatment or anything that uh, you're, you're having done? No, it hasn't. Um, you know, I'm thankfully very well controlled. And so my medications are on a pretty scheduled basis and there hasn't been any interruption in production at the, you know, the industry level, things like that. So I'm very fortunate for that. Um, hasn't, hasn't really affected us personally. You know, we, we live on a ranch and we, uh, we have horses and we have buck and bulls and we have chickens. And, uh, at this point we have 11 dogs at our house. Wow. Um, so yeah, I think last time maybe we had seven or eight, but now we're up to 11 um, when everybody's home. So that's just awesome. Um, <laughs> so, you know, our life goes on and that's just the way that it is. Good. Well, um, and, and here we are, we're canning and we're doing what yeah. we want to do. Um, two more things. Uh, first, um, what would you like to say to anyone right now that's listening that may have recently been diagnosed with a rare disease, chronic illness, or a caregiver? What would you like to say to them? So you're not alone. You're not alone by any means. PSI um, has come about because there is the need for people with rare diseases. So don't feel alone. Never, ever, ever. There's always going to be somebody there that can support you. And um, you can talk with your doctor's office. You can talk with um, an organization because any organization that PSI or sorry, any disease state that PSI supports, um, there's an organization out there that perhaps can uh, direct you to a mentor or whatever. And I'm always open. You know, I don't have every rare disease that is supported. Um, but I do have one that is a big one. And, uh, but I'm also a physician. So if you have questions, you know, my information is out there on the PSI website. You can get a hold of me. You can email me. You can text me. You can call me. I'm happy to walk through that and just be an ear for you or to maybe help you figure out um, a, a good match in a mentorship for you, happy to do that. So just please know that you are not alone. Not ever. Your family is not alone. Your doctor is not alone. Your doctor may not be very well schooled or versed in what you have because, you know, we are rare, rare population and that's okay too. They, they need to, to be able to give um, patient information and, and learn about the processes and things at the same time that we're learning once they've made the diagnosis. So um, don't get frustrated with them, guide them and help hold their hand and send them to organizations that, um, that can help. You know, there's lots of, lots of information out there. So um, it may take a little bit of digging, but um, you know, I'm happy to help. Um, don't, don't be afraid to reach out. You can find me on the PSI ambassador page happy to help just shoot me a message absolutely thank you do we i mean is there a number out there as far as how many people have been diagnosed with your rare disease i think it was around fifty thousand in the united states yeah. um it, but i that's grossly under reported <laughs> um, having worked in the community 
Yeah, and I can imagine. I'm sorry. The miracle of that, just only that many people. I mean, so yeah, you're you're gonna oftentimes maybe know more than maybe that doctor. Um, right. And so the miracle of you having to unfortunately go through that, but the, that you did, so that your son is is really quite something with uh with the rare. Yeah. It's impacted fifty thousand people, and so uh, incredible. Uh, and typically what we find is that rare diseases are diagnosed in population in, in family populations. And so then, you know, once a, a community becomes aware of it, then it's like, Oh, maybe this is genetic. And so then people kind of learn about it and things like that. Physicians in the area start learning about it. And, you know, it just kind of becomes more prevalent in a certain community, not necessarily the rest of the, the county or the city or the state even. Um, and so you'll, you'll find there's little pockets and that's helpful, but, not sometimes. And so, um, sometimes people will get on these forums and they're like, Oh man, I have these belly swells and nobody can figure anything out. And so then all of a sudden they'll get down this little tangent on this Facebook group and then they'll find out about HAE and they'll come in and they'll say, I need you to test me. (laughs) And so then, then it happens. And you know, some, some people are diagnosing themselves and that's okay too. You know, um, we have to be advocates for ourselves, and that's where I fall in also, you know, not just in my personal life and in, in my friends' lives, um, but where I fall in professionally is I'm an advocate. I will advocate for you. I, I will help you tell your doctor what it is that you need to have them order. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not your doctor. I won't proclaim to be your doctor, but I will help guide you as to, you know, here's a possibility. You can ask them to run these tests. So, um, it's just that advocacy part. And that's really, really, really important because every single patient deserves an advocate, whether you're at home, whether you're in the hospital, whether you are in the urgent care, whether you're in the doctor's office, it doesn't matter. Every patient deserves an advocate. And even despite all of the stuff that's going on with COVID and places saying you can't have any visitors and this, that, and the other thing, you have the right to have an advocate, no matter who you are and where you are. So you can always ask for an ethics committee review um, because it, it, it's not um, following the patient rights if you're denied um, having an advocate with you. Just wow. a little, little piece of wisdom. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, Amy, you are an absolute bright light and just so thankful. Uh, uh, PSI just absolutely um, appreciates you and you giving us time and uh, it's just a, an honor to, to, to be alongside you on this journey. Thank you. It's such an honor for me to be part of it. I love PSI. You guys are the best. No, it's, uh, it's what we do. And uh, we just, it's, um, we're just going to keep every single day, just keep getting up and, and doing what we do. And just uh, to be able to be on the journey with you and others is just a complete uh, honor and uh, humbled at the opportunity. Um, one last question for you. And this has to do with what we're doing right now. What's the secret to canning? I mean, you know, you're, the you're, doing, you're doing 400, what is it, 40, I don't know how many you're doing, I lost count. What's the secret? What's the special? You know, I was born in the wrong generation. I preserve all my own food. Um, and so, I don't know, we just, we have an all organic garden and we butcher our own chickens and, and steers and hogs and deer and all that kind of stuff. And so I just preserve all of it. So um, there's some really cool Facebook groups, but if you're really interested, I will help you. I do a lot of things that are called rebel canning, maybe not necessarily approved by the FDA, but um, are used in other countries and have been forever rebel. and ever and ever. So rebel. Um, 
Yeah, maybe not, I shouldn't broadcast that, but if you're interested, add me on Facebook, shoot me a message and say, hey, teach me your ways and I will link you to the right groups and we can all just be Facebook friends. It's great. I love it. Amy Ireland. And Gunnar, yeah. we need this country to be lifted of all this nonsense so that we can have a little play date again. Yeah, and I can, I can uh, get you, sorry, there's a fly buzzing me. Yeah. Um, I can get you some of my yumminess because I've got salsa and I'm... Um, yeah. So the very favorite this year has been blueberry. Oh yeah. Uh, what did I do? Blueberry lavender lemonade concentrate Ooh, and good. raspberry peach. And then wow. I did a peach paradise lemonade oh and then a blackberry rosemary. Hello. Wow. Oh yeah. They're huh. delicious. So. Well, we're, getting, we're taking, well, I got some boys here to feed. So, you know, we're, yeah. we're going to take them off with some blueberry picking, I think next week. So, I mean, we're halfway there. Um, yeah. I'll give you, Shelly and I are find our way down in Texas. We'll come do a CrossFit uh, class with you. Yeah, I do. That'd be fun. I love it. She's my coach. That'd be fun. I love your picture back there, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. We, we, she's my coach. She, she, she gets me cross-trained and, and just uh, do all the weightlifting and, and circuit and all that. So we'll come down and do some CrossFit for you and, and have some pear. Let's do it. Pear salsa? What was that? Oh, yeah. Yellow pear salsa. And I've got regular salsa and hot oh, salsa. Nice. And I will tell you that the jalapenos that we grew this year are the hottest peppers all I've right. ever had. I'm, I'm sending They're so address. hot. My address is on its way. <laughs> okay send it. it send it to me in a message i will do that well amy, you might get a little package i love hey i love it we get like i said we got guys to feed here amy thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and canning i mean taking time out from canning that's a big deal so uh but uh on behalf of psi we absolutely just uh, appreciate you uh we absolutely love you and your family uh say hello to everybody and um we look forward to sharing more of uh your story with our audience on rare perspective sounds good we'll talk anytime you've been listening to rare perspectives a podcast by patient services incorporated to learn more about the work of psi please visit patientservicesinc.org a special shout out to chris patoyo for sharing his music with us we also want to invite you to subscribe to Rare Perspectives on iTunes or wherever you might be listening. You can also tell us what you think by writing a review. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to you joining us next time when we go beyond the diagnosis and explore the heart of the experience.